Yay. Well, welcome back to another re-education experience podcast. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I feel like I'm finally in a rhythm again with this and I'm getting back to this week to week thing. And if you look through the history, you sometimes have to wait for me because every couple of weeks there might be a pause on there. So uh, I'm really grateful for the time everybody's been spending on the podcast. And a lot of the feedback recently on the show has been incredible because Again, the guests that I've been able to bring on have been just amazing and people I get, I think just love to hear it. So uh, keep bringing me that feedback. It gives me the drive to go out and do this again. Um, today, I'm back with another rock star, like absolutely rock star guest. Uh, her name is uh, Chelsea Pites, and you would know her if you're following anything around Instagram, social media, realtor stuff. Well, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Glad to have her on. Um, I'm going to give her a quick little bio for those that don't before I kind of welcome her to the show. So just guys listen in. So maybe you don't know this. She was a realtor going all the way back to 2001, right? 2001, you know, she says uh, before Facebook, right? You know, that was my journey too. A lot of my climb in real estate was pre-Facebook and then kind of lucked into the early days of Facebook, which was a little different than it is today, right? Um, she spent a whole decade out there grinding it like us as realtors and figuring this business out and and then uh, all traditionally, right, all before real estate, you know, agents basically took over and broke social media. <laughs> I um, So she didn't grow up in that uh, internet of things, I think is a term that you've used, right? Um, and then, of course, the changing landscape. She now, though, is no longer a realtor. And I love this term, calls herself a human-centered real estate marketing coach. Whoa. Like that's that's a that's a heck of a message, and we're gonna unpack that. So if you don't follow her already, it's just simply at Chelsea with so C H E A L S E A, right? Close C H E L S E A. Yes. Oh, I got an A in the show notes. We'll put it in the show. Put it in the notes. Yes. Yeah. Dot bite. So P E I T Z. She says this. This, and I think everyone probably has a bit of this in them coaching camera shy real estate humans to show up online, which is the first part, but with heart and humanity, not hustle or hacks, confidently captivate and convert with video. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So many of us who are struggling to get going on this, uh, I, I think you could listen to that and realize, I think I need a little more Chelsea in my life, right? <laughs> so um, I found her for a while. And despite uh, she's now near 60,000 followers. Um, always been amazed at the time that you dedicate, Chelsea, to interacting and commenting and dropping DMs to people like myself, far, far removed from like the day-to-day -day life of who you are, and which just shows that you practice what you preach in such an incredible way. So, I mean, I got to thank you for that. And I don't know if you get heard that enough, but uh, the bio is not over, guys. Chelsea, she runs an incredible podcast, and it's the simple one, the Chelsea podcast show, or the Chelsea Pites podcast, uh, over 150 episodes. So she knows what she's doing, and she's had the guests, and she's spent a lot of energy. So if you don't already follow it, please do. She's partnered with a prior guest uh, of, of ours here on the re-education experience, Giselle Ugarte. I think I think that's how you say it. And she's she's coached many of my own agents, and I've, I've directed a lot of people over to that. And the real estate content accelerator—it's a pretty 
killer program. I think you guys just closed registration on another one. Is that right? Or are closing? We did. Yes. Yes. We do it every quarter and we have a wait list, which we're so honored and blessed. We, we, we cap it at a certain amount of humans in each and every cohort. And we have a really, really good time. It's, it's a fun time. So yeah, we just closed registration on our second one of the year and we'll have two more coming up in the last half of the year. I love it. I love that format to just like bring them through or, you know, just get them and push because we know agents need not more stuff to consume, but something right. to actually execute on. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, along this journey, she also wrote a book. Now, this is just going back like just over a year, right? 2022, I think, is when it went published. Is that uh, fair? I think my second one was 2020. I think right. it's all a blur. 2020 and after that, are we even here? What what year is it? Don't know. But somewhere in the last few years, I... <laughs> I published a book. <laughs> How to create engaging social media content that builds your brand and gets results for real estate, right? Mm -hmm. so, I mean, again, why is she on this podcast? I think it makes a lot of sense already. So oh, a lot of amazing stuff I could go on. There's a lot I don't know about you. What did I miss that is relevant to get kickstart this? Because this is probably be a new set of audience for you among what you already have in front of you. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. Um, you hit a lot of really important points because I am really passionate about giving people permission to do things the way that feel authentically right for them. And that's, I think, what really makes me different in the world of speaking and training and educating and coaching is that I'm not somebody who's going to tell you how to do social media or videos this specific way. I'm very human-centered. You hit that nail on the head, which means I'm about creating relatable human content and remembering that we are human beings who happen to sell real estate. We're not realtors that happen to be human beings. And so I have a lot of background in psychology and product psychology and neuroscience. And that's really sort of where I, I thought I was going to end up when I grew up one day <laughs> and I did not end up in that exact role that I pictured myself but yet I did. It just was never in a way that I expected to be standing on a stage talking about brains and relationships and human connections and facial recognition and talking to our phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm really passionate about that. And I, I love talking about how to create marketing and personal brands that are highly relatable and not necessarily remarkable because that's where a lot of us get caught up in this belief that we have to do something that's exceptional and extraordinary and, and remarkable. And while each and every one of you listening is a remarkable human being, what happens is we overlook the very human things, the mundane that really connect us. And how can we show up as the same person on the inside of the phone that people are consuming as we are on the outside of the phone so that I can receive like you just gave me the biggest compliment when somebody says, I feel like I already know you, or I feel like we've been connected for years and, and that, or you're the same person that you are in your stories that you are in real life. And that's a, a huge, huge compliment. And it's also one of the scariest, most vulnerable places for people to be because we're like, how do we show up as ourselves on video? And, and so that's what I do a lot of work around is, is mindset and limiting beliefs. And oh yeah, by the way, a little bit of social media. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah. So I actually just finished running a workshop that I run called the six figure blueprint. And we just like an hour ago finished our, like our sixth session. 
And one of the questions I asked these agents is I'm really trying to help them build a bit of their organic social and a little bit of a framework around it. And I, I, I post, I pose uh, the question, what percentage of yourself do you find you're showcasing to the world? Right. And the percentages are always incredibly low. Right. Then I asked the second question, what percentage of your personality are you showing to the world? And that was even lower. Right. It was like, it's, it's, you know, and then, so when I say those two things, where do you go with that? How do we, how do, how do we take that and just like upgrade? It's not like we have to show everything. But it's like, there should be a larger percentage of the ups and the downs and the wins and the losses. But how do we do that as, you know, attempting to be perfect humans, right? Personality and perspective and lived experiences and your stories and your opinions are literally the only original content we've got. Every real estate human on the planet has done a market update and will do a market update. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should be updating people about the information having to do with their marketplace but if we don't have you in it, if we don't have your hot take, your, mm, here's what I think about it, your advice, your expertise, we aren't going to be able to form an emotional connection, that bond that's happening totally unconsciously through technology that the majority of us probably listening to this program did not grow up with. And yes, as a 40 something adult mother, I thought it was odd that I was feeling like people that I'd never met before were friends of mine. I'm like, how responsible is this? Because I didn't grow up with it. And so there's a lot of mindset around there's a difference between being online and there's a difference between being offline. And that's where we first struggle. That's why most people are frustrated. That's why when you ask that question and people are like, Ooh, I don't know, 5%. I mean, I don't know what the numbers were, but let's just pretend 10%, 5% because we're showing up very differently online than we are offline, which is why you're frustrated and why you're not converting and why it feels like a struggle and why you're not enjoying it. And it's not bringing you any joy. It's also the really scary part, because if you're going to show up the same way in the phone, as you are out of the phone, then you've got to be vulnerable, which means you got to be imperfect. And we are taught very much the opposite of you've got to be exceptional. You have to be extraordinary. You have to be a one-of-a-kind brand. You have to be a persona. Look at this person. They're so successful. You should do it like them. Um, and we end up sort of copying and pasting the personas of other people that we're admiring, um, you know, that we're already following in the feed. So it is really hard to be self-aware. It is really hard to be authentic, which is one of my least favorite words because it's overused and underexplained. Um, and it's hard to do that because that's not what we're used to or what we think we need to put out to the world. So it, it's about bringing us back to the question of what would you do in real life, which that phrase in and of itself, we could talk about because social media is real life. Like technology is real life. We're never going back. Do I think it's as good? A thousand percent. No, but all of us went through a pandemic and all of us talked to friends and family and said, I love you through a screen. We had to. Right. And so nobody's going to say, oh, the fact that you didn't see your parents for three years, Chelsea, which I didn't, I literally only saw them through a screen. And I said, I love you guys. And I miss you. And I can't wait to see you again. Nobody would be like, well, that's not real. Of course it is. It's different, but it's not, not real life. Mm. And so we're not ever going back because you and I are on zoom right now. And this is just too darn convenient. And so we're not, not going back, right? We're never going back. And so um, it's not about replacing it's about how can we be the most human through technology so that when people do meet me, they're already invested. They're like, oh my gosh, you're our person. Like, Darren, we've already watched all your videos. And you're like, 
you have because I've never seen you make a comment. Oh yeah, right. no, we've just been they've just been lurking with love, connecting while consuming, and not even leaving you a metric to let you know they were even there. So um, yeah, I'm really passionate about about helping real estate humans show up online as they do offline with heart and humanity, and like you said, not the hustle or the hacks. I, uh, I'd speak, I say this thing, like, it's like, you're speaking into the black hole of the internet, right? And like you said, that this connecting, not con like consuming, not connecting. And like, it, it, it sucks. That part of social sucks in the sense that you put this vulnerability out there and, and the engagement, you know, levels and the algorithms or what the whole combination, more people are passively viewing your story, right? But learning about you than actually interacting you. Like if you're in person with somebody, and you're sharing a great story, like that person is giving you a hug, you know, but you, you do that on social and you get a, a few hearts and you get a yeah. few comments, but like most people will like, how, how does an agent like get over that? Like it hurts, that's, right? That's the hard thing. So we also live in a world of, of measurements and metrics mm -hmm. and, um, for good or for bad. And it's not just on social media. Um, but let's, you know, views, views don't equal value. Right. And so I, I constantly am telling myself, cause listen, I'm human and there's a reason that they have likes. It's a dopamine hit, right? They, they know what they're doing. These products know exactly what they're doing and how to get you excited and do it again and feel bad. Oh no. And like, here's the thing we cannot take social media out of it. Right. We cannot measure the things that matter. I can't tell you the ROI of my dog. I love my dog. <laughs> my dog brings me joy. I love it. I can't give you a percentage, right? I can't track the aha moment that a perfect stranger had three months ago when I posted about my health journey and they maybe made a decision that I'll never know about. And they were like, oh my gosh, that meant something for me. I can't measure an aha moment. I can't do that. And so there's so many powerful things, in, in my opinion, the most powerful things that are connecting and are relatable and help people feel seen. Um, you can't measure those. And so if we're only going to measure our quote value through a metric, is it meaningful to you? Is it meaningful to your business? Is it meaningful to your mental health? Because I'm all about everybody having great mental health and not having burnout and stress because that is not what this is about. This, this, I love going to social media because I've curated the heck out of it. It's happy, wonderful right. people with good content that I absolutely love. And I've created real relationships, but I've proactively worked on that. So it's just like anything else in life. I could go to a conference tomorrow. And if I sit in the corner and I don't talk to anybody, I'm not walking away with any new connections. Mm -hmm. And also when I meet someone new, I'm not going to throw my business cards in their face and be like, well, that's rude. They didn't even want to give me their business. You got to get to know them. You've got to talk to them. Do I share uh, everything about me and only talk about myself? No. Do I talk about things that are human and personal? Yeah, maybe not private. So you can really go back to what would you literally do at the conference? What are you going to do in real life? And that's going to answer the majority of your questions about what to do in a digital environment as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many nuggets that you dropped. I'm just like jotting notes down as we go. <laughs> and I'm a note taker. I like to transfer the knowledge onward. And plus, my memory is fleeting. As you know, I'm in my 40s too. So um, 
you you wrote something authenticity is a metric mm -hmm. right you know so it's like metrics don't matter but again the authenticity so i mean that statement alone how do that how do how do we further unpack that a little bit yeah so i i tell people um i don't know if it's because i enjoy sort of like the shock value but you know again <laughs> i feel like people come to me for permission mm. um and um you know, I know that I want permission because maybe if something doesn't feel right or I don't, I'm not ready yet, just because you're not doing something right now doesn't mean you can't do it in six months from now or a year from now. Maybe you're just barely dipping your toe in the water of sharing a personal story. And maybe in a year you're like, oh my gosh, it's, I can't believe the conversations I've had. You get to change your mind. You get to try new things. Guess what? We evolve as humans every week and you can do that too, right? So I'm not a big believer in having like, rules or like you have to post at this time or you know you can only do x y and z it, it it's all about making it work for whatever is is right for you in that moment and so it's important that you are aware that you can make this your own thing and however you want to do it you may never want to look at a metric somebody was shocked the other day when they're like what metrics do you measure and i'm like i don't i also don't weigh myself every day I know myself. I am very self-aware. I know that if I look at my metrics all the time, I'm going to be like, I don't even want to post today because you know what? Something's wrong. I'm coming up with horrible content because at one point I was getting X amount of views and the last three, they are plummeting. And so this clearly is a, a I should just not even do it. Right. Like that's where I go. It may not be where you go. You may love a metric and that's okay. So you got to know yourself first and foremost. And metrics are valuable. Absolutely. Right. How are we going to measure if people are watching it? Well, you're going to look at watch time. How am I going to measure conversions? I'm not saying metrics don't matter. What I am saying is that you have the permission to make up your own metrics and maybe your own metrics will be what you can control. Cause I can't control my number of comments. Can't do that. I can control. Did I commit to posting twice a week in the feed? Did I get it? Yes or no? Great. Did I commit to starting five conversations in the direct messages? Did I get it? Yes or no? Great. Did I commit to maybe sharing an unpopular opinion? And I did it. And that was, that was that. And I was like, yay me. Okay. Did I post something and not watch it back? I know that's maybe not the best way to do it, but y'all, I didn't watch myself back for five years because I knew that if I watched myself back, I would not do it. So you can make up your own metrics. Who said that we only have value based on what our views are or what our conversion rate? Does that matter? Heck yeah, I want to know I'm converting. But I also know that I can make up my metrics and what is meaningful, meaningful for me and my mental and emotional health in the season of my life. Because we all have seasons. You might be launching something new. You might be starting a new office. You might have lost everybody on your team. You might be taking care of a parent who is unwell. And you may not want to measure anything at that time. So you don't have to, right? Like you can you can flow with these things. And I just look at it as what would I do if social media didn't exist? So 23 years ago, my broker would say the same question every day. Because, you know, back in the old days when we went into the office every day, I know people still go in the office, but by and large, we probably, you know, don't see That's as many right. people going in every day, right? So I would go in and he would say, how many people did you talk to today? And on a busy day, I was like, oh, busy day, back to back, three people. <laughs> I was like, I had coffee 
And then I went on the broker tour and then I had a client meeting and then you were done because you had to be there in person, yeah. you had to actually go somewhere. And it's the same principle. Social media is not the destination. It's the vehicle. I'm still talking to people. So you get to make it whatever you want to make it. And if you don't want to post ever, that's fine too. You can build a relationship in the direct messages. It's literally your phone and your email. That's all it is. But you don't need a phone number and you don't need an email address, which is kind of wild, right? So um, it can be whatever you can do at that moment of, I'm going to make it 90 days. I'm going to talk to people every day. So it's just a different type of being in the physical world with using a little bit of technology. So it doesn't have to be, I mean, if your goal is to like get a hundred thousand followers, okay, great. Well, we're going to have to post a lot. We're going to have to do this. If your goal is to create business and a sustainable lifestyle, you may or may not need to do that. So it really just depends on what your goals are. That uh, the comment you made about relationship in the DMs, I think is so overlooked I mean, you, you see Instagram's attempted and keeps throwing the notes feature at us, right? And if you look at your own feed, you realize how few people are even using it, which tells me there's just so few people that even get to their DMs. And I'm like, which just, just shows again, the passive Netflix viewer we are on social versus the engager. And like you're saying, why not connect and and and, and put a challenge out to, to DM five people to build that relationship. And it it's so surprising to me that that tool continues to just be, you know, just missed. And, and uh, I don't know why we're doing that. Well, because it takes effort. Let's be honest, it takes effort. And here's the thing and, and that I want to, I'll talk about sort of algorithms and DM. We'll get into the tech side of it a little bit. So what's really interesting is that um, Instagram has been doubling down on direct messaging. And as you mentioned, they have notes, which kind of hasn't really taken off, but they're trying all these things. They are really focused on how we're using direct messages. And I won't even go into the, to the reasons why, but it's, you know, business decision. But, but also what was really interesting is I like I like to research all this stuff. I pick out the little things that a lot of the other people don't talk about. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This, this is an interesting point. They were talking about sharing and how we share more content now in a DM, in a private environment. Maybe I'm sending something to a friend or my, my group, my chat group, whatever, then we share in the feed. And so DMs have become the main place that we hang out, that we talk to people more so than commenting. So um, that is truly the conversion engine. And so when people always tell me, like, if I'm going to do one thing on Instagram, what should I do? Which is kind of, you know, hard for me to pick depending on what they like. But I was like, listen, conversions, stories all day long, hundred percent, your conversion engine. Um, because one of the reasons that that happens is because the direct communication and the ability to have that direct communication with someone and nobody else sees it. Like people see your comments in, in a, in a forum. And when you're in that environment, and the psychology behind seeing somebody in what I call their sacred spaces, their living room, their parked car, wherever, right? It's unedited. They're in their sacred spaces. It's like you get to watch the reality show, but also talk to the person while the episode is airing. And you can have these conversations. You're more likely to have a real conversation. 
and be like, oh my gosh, thank you for saying that because I was having like the hardest day today. What's the likelihood of you're going to post that, that you're having a really rough day in someone's comments. You're going to say something more like that in a private, like one-to-one message. So it's, it, that's why the conversions happen there and direct messages are very important to who sees your content in the future. So here's an added benefit, right? Yeah. It's a nice thing to do. It's a nice thing to talk to people. It's a great thing to, um, you know, support their content. And when you are initiating direct messages to people, and this even happens with comments, you're training the algorithm to start serving your future content to those people more often, higher up in their feed and more often. So let's say it's your birthday or I don't know, I'm just saying something in your direct message. You have a picture of you with a birthday cake. And so I, of course, say, well, happy birthday, (laughs) right? The fact that I've messaged you that, now you're going to start seeing more of my content, but it's content that I didn't make for you. Like, meaning I, I sent you a happy birthday message. That was for Darren. Yeah. But when I make my post about authenticity being a metric, that's for the world. Mm-hmm. But it would be great if you saw it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a solid strategy, especially if you're going through a season of life where you are just feeling uninspired, tapped out, burnt out. You can really build relationships and, and brand through direct messages, your comments and conversations are the most important content that seems to be forgotten when everybody's talking about content. Like I start with, that's the most important content. Then we're going to talk about stuff. You're going to post in the feed and videos you're going to make because a lot of people only house content in this box of like, it's a reel, it's a Canva. It's that your conversations are content. (laughs) And a lot of times, even your comments or messaging that you have back and forth, obviously you would never want to share anything with someone's name, um, get their permission first and or anonymize it. But even those are great pieces of content, right? Like people saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much. That was so helpful. Or the way that you explain that I've shared stuff like that. That's a great testimonial piece. So it, our conversations really are the most important content. And I always tell people, listen, less con- less contenting, more commenting. And which is ironic because I wrote a book about content. <laughs> so I believe in content, but I'm always like, okay, you have permission, less contenting and more commenting. If it's not bringing you any joy, if it is bringing you joy to make content every day, I love that for you. You know who that doesn't bring joy to? Me. Mm-hmm. I also don't batch my content. I would love to. Right. Well, you used to, I think when I went back through the history and watching, checking, researching for the podcast and bring you on, there was a moment, I think you said, you know, I, I, I batching content would be a great thing. And then later on you go and say, ah, this is not for me. Cause obviously you are practicing what you're preaching. You're attempting these maybe efficiency based models. Then you realize that's not my gig. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? Like it's more yeah. than okay. The takeaway is you got to try it to know, right? Yeah. So it's it's one thing to be like, eh, I don't think that's for me. Um. So, but you got to try things and more than once. And let me tell you, I I will tell you, I, batch creating is way better than in the moment. And I prefer when I do have that spark of like, oh my gosh, I can create three videos. It's magical. I love it. 
And so I, I, I'm not saying it won't work for me or that I, I shouldn't do it. Like I still try to do it, but I also know that like my good friend, Katie Lance, she can sit down and write a year's worth of posts. Oh, I, I, I'm jealous. I wish I had that ability <laughs> and, and I just don't. And so I have to honor because what I find is I get so frustrated. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do this? Why isn't this working? This is how I should be doing it. I know I can do this. And so you have to sort of try things and know what works for you. And sometimes you make a hybrid and sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm in a season of life right now where it's not going to happen. Um, and you just do what you got to do or can do. Yeah. I've been through that too. And I've had moments where that's gone really well. And then, yeah, yeah. And then it, maybe yeah. it is the the lack of engagement that knocks you down a bit. And then you're in this season, like you said, that says, you know what? Ah, that's like, it's beating me up a bit. And then, you know, switch to something that's a little healthier for you at the moment, right? And that's okay, right? In your book, you you broke down three phases, right? Of kind of like going through this content journey. And one of them was build your brand, right? We were talking about this. One of them was build your content. And one of them was build your reach. Was there a reason you went brand, then content, then reach? My first thought when I saw this, I saw brand content reach. I was going to say, well, why not content brand reach? Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing that came to mind. And without a lot of thought, that was where my knee jerk headspace went. So you know, yeah. t- comment on that a minute. I think the hardest part of marketing in just the large grand scheme of things is figuring out who you are and how you're going to show up. And the easier part is making content. The easier part is doing the things that you can optimize and whatnot to try to get reach. And let me create a cool hook and let me make sure I have my hashtags. And the really hard part is the self-awareness part. And, and I truly envy the people that feel like they really like nail their brand. Like for me, that little bio section that you read, that took me a long time to really evolve into And so for me, if there's anyone out there who's like struggling and feeling like it's really hard to articulate, like, what is it that makes me passionate? What is it that makes me tick? What is it that makes me different? Know that I have gone through and, and will still go through because I'm writing a new speech right now. Every time I do a keynote, wow, is it a process? Like, I am like, this is horrible. What am I doing? I can't believe that I even started this. Like it's, I got nothing, nothing is coming out. And I, I, I can't force it. It's just, I will have at some point a breakthrough. So that will happen. And the more you kind of think about it, the more you try things on, because I try things on and I'm like, you know what I'm going, I, I, if I'm going to be a keynote speaker, I better start calling myself a keynote speaker. Right. And so things of uh, like trying things on, seeing how they feel and, and trying things out. But I really believe that if you can figure out a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about and, and who you're serving, it's going to help you make the content. So a lot of people are, are making content and making it for uh, uh, everyone or trying to make it for everyone. When in reality, if you make number one, the content that you'd want to see, which a lot of people don't talk about. And if you make content that is going to serve the person, like for me, I 
also work with people who have a vast career in making videos and aren't technically what they would call camera shy. But I really, really want to focus on serving people that have a lot of limiting beliefs around showing up as themselves in, in a very aligned way so that when they look at that recording and they're like, yeah, that's, that's me versus the, oh gosh, I know that's me, but it doesn't feel like me and it doesn't sound like me. And I don't like that feeling I get when I watch it. And I don't want to do this anymore because the, the common denominator is me. Right. So, um, yeah, so I, I really about figuring out who you are, what, what you want to do, how you want to do it and, and knowing who you're serving or who you want to serve. And by the way, that changes too. That can change. You don't have to stay in one lane for the rest of your life. Right. When I started out, I was all Snapchat. Then I was all educational content around Instagram. And now I'm talking about human centered relatable content. I have evolved. My content has evolved. And yes, I still talk about a lot of those things. And I love that I've given myself the permission to also change and evolve and find areas that I feel really passionate about. Um, instead of saying, well, no, I've only talked about Instagram and, uh, you know, hashtags and optimization. And so I can never talk about, uh, videos, um, or, limiting beliefs or, you know, things that are holding you back in fear. So it's hard because we, we kind of sometimes get ourselves into a box and we feel afraid, like, well, people know me for this. So what if I start talking about something else? Yeah. Well, some of those people aren't probably going to follow anymore or be interested, but there's going to be new people that are. Yeah. I mean, it's, I love that you said that it's because if you go through the journey to unpack who you are and like the, the real things that like authentically come out of your mouth easily with ease and, and, you know, like showing, showing the true you, the content side starts to become the easy part where most people think social media and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is content. How do I come up with content? It's because they haven't figured out that step one. Um, do you have any tricks or like how to, how, like, I mean, yeah. real estate realtors, everybody's a buyer, everybody's a seller. I want it all. And I'll go from here to here to here. Like, geez, get in an agent to kind of like to, to suck in a little bit and like play into a space is is yeah. very hard to do, right? Because we're like, we can get a paycheck anywhere. How does one go through that journey? Have yeah. you, did, did you unpack I, that I, at all? I look at it a little bit differently. Like I'll, I'll, I'll probably answer this differently than you're expecting. Sure. Um, but I always come from a lens of why, right? And so why are we feeling like there is a struggle with content or that social media is just content, like you said. And I think that the reason that a lot of us, and I say us because I struggle with this too, um, struggle with sharing content where we're the main character for a variety of reasons. One, we think what we do is boring. We live pretty average, boring life. Uh, who are we to share our stories? I've never climbed Mount Everest, so nobody's going to care about my story about my kid and what happened yesterday. Um, and we're just too close to our own stories. And, and we feel like we don't have stories that are, are again, the word is remarkable. And they don't have to be remarkable. They have to be relatable. And so one of my favorite quotes of all time um, is people come for the plot and they stay for the character. And that quotes by Felicity and Nora. And I love that quote because the challenge is often that we think we're a character, not we're staying for. 
And we also think that our product is our character when we're actually the character that we just happen to be also helping people. And we have co-stars, right? We have co-stars. The houses are our co-stars. The people that we're helping are our co-stars. And truly it's the idea of, I don't want to be an egomaniac. I don't want to be bragging. I don't want it to all be about all me, me, me. And I'd bring it back to what would you do in real life? And, you know, people say, I don't want to put me in all the content. I I just, that feels to me. Okay. But what's the most human way to communicate with someone eye to eye, face to face. And so the idea of being in your content, the idea of connecting with people and making eye contact virtually is not about ego or fame. It's about communicating in the most human way possible and trying to create a possibility for an emotional brain connection in it, you know, in the, in this next best way we can. Right. So it's, it's not about, or like another example is people are like, oh my gosh, list, I would love to do video, but listen, <laughs> I've heard my voice on video. It is absolutely awful. Right. It's cringe. Okay. I get that. Like, first of all, it's a scientific fact, the way you hear your voice, it's you're not alone. So there's that. Number two, what would you do in real life? Like if you, Darren, if you and I were at Starbucks right now, or what do you guys have? Is it, is it Tim Horton? Is that we do have Tim Hortons, but uh, yes, we do. Yeah. Has um, not made it yeah. to your area yet? Come on. Yeah. So at the, you know what, we'll go local. We're at a local cafe, right? In your neighborhood, we're supporting local and we're having a conversation and I'm like, Darren, I don't know. I've heard like all of this stuff. It seems pretty volatile. Things are changing. They're going up. They're going down. I don't know. Do you think now is a good time for me to really think about selling my house? And instead of you answering with your perspective and well, here's what I think. And here's what you should know. And, and this, whatever, how you're going to answer. Cause you, you are the expert. You start like furiously writing on a notepad. Right. And you like silently slide that paper across the table and it says, Chelsea, here's the thing. I've heard my voice on a few podcasts. It's terrible. Didn't know that that was happening. You sound totally normal. So how about you talking? All right. No, that would never happen. We would never happen. But when we get into digital, we think it's so different that we're like, oh, I can outsource it. I don't need to show up. I can automate it. I, I wish I could automate me going to my kiddos baseball games, right? We can't do certain things online that we're just not doing offline, right? And so that's where the disconnect happens. And so that that's the key is, is aligning that what would you do in real life? Yeah. Because you're not going to cancel all your appointments this week, right? Because you're like, I don't like me on video. Okay, great. Well, you better cancel every appointment you have mm-hmm. because- they're going to see you. They're going oh, yeah. to hear you. And so it's, you know, people say, well, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not really into this whole social media thing. I'm a real private person. Okay. Let's talk about real life. You meet a client or somebody at a conference and they're like, Hey, how are you? What do you do? And you're like, well, 33 homes sold last month. The median price is blah, 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 blah. No, you're a human. You're going to be like, Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, no, I live here. I know the weather's been wild, right? Like you are going to have a human interaction. You don't need a script for everything. Um, You don't need a script and you run into someone at the store and they're like, hey, how are you? And you're like, hold on, let me get my human script out and see how I respond to this. So there's a lot of things going on in our head that are keeping us and there's excuses, right? And I'm not going to do it because I have the excuse. Okay, but what would you do? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so I mean, it's, yeah, it's just to get over that. I have people tell like, again, my own voice, I, I actually don't like it. But then when I have people say, Darren, can you do voiceovers for me? You're like, yeah. Whoa, okay. Like you're like, it's a completely different world. And, and it's, we all have this version, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so if you've got the brand figured out and you're, you know, and I want to be some... clear, I don't mean like logos and all of that. And I just, just so yes. let everybody know, I just got a logo done. I mean, years I have had a brand. And so I'm letting you know, like you have permission. You don't have to have a brand packet or a logo media kit or whatever it is, right? Your brand is what you stand for, what you believe in and your vibe and how you're going to do it, how you want people to experience you. That's a brand. Okay. So just to be really clear that it doesn't have to be buttoned up and let me get my website. I literally just got a website a year ago. Yeah. People are like, what? I'm like, yes. And in spite of my, my attempts to not be found by the world, <laughs> I was still found uh, without a website, without logos. So it doesn't have to be a brand. It can be uh, you. You got to start with that. I really love that you say that because there is this like, there's just, just this constant talk about brand, personal brand out there everywhere. And there's speakers and the podcast circuits and the, the, the keynotes. And, but then when you just got people just get caught up in the wrong thing about that, it's back to like, who do you serve? Who are you? And that's like what you and I are talking about right here. And that's of course what you spent a lot of energy on putting this book together. Then you went into content. So it's like, okay, let's let we could speak about content um, I wanted to skip the content and go right to this reach side of things. I mean, of course, so, I use the term maintenance and growth. And I say maintenance is like to keep attention share and eyeball share on the people that are following you and your database. And like there's that's stage one. Make sure nobody forgets about us. And then there's this ability within these platforms to grow it and to build reach. I mean, if someone's feeling like they've got a reasonable maintenance strategy going. They got this kind of figured out, giving themselves a set of seven out of 10. Where do they, where do you go if you're, if you're coaching them towards the reach? Let's, let's impact more people. Any, any takes on that? Absolutely. Um, since I've written the book, it has gotten a lot easier to uh, influence your reach. I call it captivating and attracting new perfect potential clients. Okay. So our goal is yes. We want to build the relationships, deepen those relationships, stay top of mind with the people that know, like, and trust us. And wouldn't it be lovely if we could also captivate some new humans that we would love to work with and do that through our content? So um, I'll talk a little bit about the algorithm and how it has shifted. And mm. it's honestly the best thing that has ever happened to your content. <laughs> nice. That's good. Because most people think algorithm know, and like they're mad yeah. at the algorithm. Yeah. So I'm not, the algorithm actually is helping you win now. Okay. So before I get into the algorithm, I just want to back up and talk a little bit about the boring foundational stuff, because I know people love to get excited and make the content. And they're like, how do I do these reels and da, 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 da. But I'm like, but wait, you have to know how this content is going out to the world. This is going out to a lot of people that don't know you. In fact, over 40% of the content you are shown in your feed and Instagram is from people you don't follow. That means your content's going out to people that don't follow on YouTube. You're looking at content from people that a lot of the times you don't follow on TikTok. That's their whole model. Even on LinkedIn, what people don't realize is LinkedIn's like the original TikTok. That was the first place where you were introduced to people that you'd never met. 
that were friends of your friends, you know, colleagues, people that were commenting and you would connect in that way and your content would be shown to those people. So we're in a recommendation environment, which means it doesn't matter what time of day you post. It doesn't matter what day you post. What matters is if you are making quality content that speaks to your ideal audience, because now it has nothing to do with how many followers you have. It doesn't matter how often you post because you used to have to post a lot. Like people were, you know, posting multiple times a day because it was a chronological feed and they were serving you the most recent stuff. Now they're serving you stuff that you actually are interested in. They don't care if you posted it six minutes ago or six months ago. And this just happened to me where somebody, a perfect stranger found me from a post I made three months ago. That doesn't normally happen or hadn't happened on Instagram. Like you were lucky if you got 48 hours out of the post, right? And in case you were wondering, it wasn't a real, it was an old fashioned photo post with a long form caption that this person found me from. Okay. So you don't have to only make video, but it's the recommendation algorithm is serving your content to people who are actively searching for that topic people who are following other people like you, which again, is an even better reason. People are like, oh, I don't want my competitors to be connected with me. Well, being connected to your competitors might actually help you now because it's looking at, oh, you know, if you like this account, you'll probably like this account. And so it's who you're interacting with and people that make content like those people. And certainly anytime you've typed in a search term, it's using that as, you know, in, in content that you might be interested in. So if you stay the course, if you continue to consistently make content that speaks to your ideal audience, their common questions, the questions that they're not asking, but they should be because they don't even know to ask them, those are going to be served and sorted to the right people. Now, to your point earlier, we said we're, we've changed how we consume. We talked about metrics. You're right. They made us consume like TV. That wasn't our fault. They just kept putting reels in front of us and or TikToks. And we're like, oh, okay. Oh yeah, I like this. And oh my gosh, this algorithm knows exactly what I want. And so remember, these people don't know you yet. It's not like stories where people know you. They are not going to engage the same way. And so people are telling me, oh my gosh, my engagement is down. Is it or is it different? Is it silently I'm connecting with your your face and consuming your content? And the fact that I watched your video five seconds longer than any other video I watched that day. And then all of a sudden the algorithm took notice and said, wait a minute, you watched this video a little bit longer. Maybe you want to see more of this person. And then all of a sudden for free, not because I paid for an ad, not because I retargeted for free. It is going to send more of my content to that person until one day that person goes to my profile and hits the follow button. And the the thing that you need to also be thinking about before content is when they get to your profile. Okay. So number one, they're not engaging with strangers yet. It's longer, longer life cycle, but they're engaging silently. They're consuming um, and connecting. You've got to make sure that when they get to your profile, it's like your one shot, right? Take the time to do it one time. Have you optimized your bio? 
do you tell me what you do? I just audited someone yesterday and they didn't even tell me they were in real estate. I'm like, okay, well, we got to tell people what you do. Where do you do it? How can you help me? Do you have a specialty? And do you have content where I can see and verify who you are? I can scan and see that, oh, okay, face, face. Oh, wow. And look at these topics. Wow. They have 30 videos on moving to wherever. Okay. They probably know what they're talking about. So it, it does take a moment to make sure that you have that optimized because once we get this stranger to your profile, we need them to click the follow button so that you can build the like, the know, the trust. And so a lot of people get excited about the content and I'm like, but wait, 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 we just, we need to back up and make sure that you have optimized your profile. Do you have a profile picture? Is it of your face? Can I even see it? Is it your company logo? Because that's not going to help me create a human connection right away. You know, are you using keywords or hashtags uh, that you want to be found for? Because the good news is about the recommendation algorithm, they're not looking at just hashtags. They're looking at the whole thing. Hmm. They're looking at what is in your video. They're listening to what you're saying. They're reading the closed captions. They're looking at your hashtags. They're also looking at your consistent behavior over time, which is why my content attracts real estate and mortgage humans, because I've been talking to them for years. I don't get dentists. I don't get hairstylists. I get real estate humans, which is awesome <laughs> because it knows Goal what achieved, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going deeper into profile, I wanted to ask you, so I, again, looking at yours and kind of pulling some stuff together, I noticed, and again, I don't actually know the answer to this. Um, we go here and I'm on your thing now and I see highlights, right? I see health, mom jokes, podcasts, speaking, IG updates, family, and watch. So many people don't play into this space. They kind of like forget that's there. I went through this and I went and created some, and then I can tell you, I have not updated those for a long time. I have not put new content. Can you give me what you know about the power of that beyond just like, okay, now I get who you are. Like, I know what Chelsea's all about now, but like, are people consuming that? Are they clicking it? Are they viewing it? Or is this just more for just like, you know, a, a pretty little image? Good question. So I look at your profile, <clears throat> excuse me, on any social platform, LinkedIn, Instagram, that's your website on that platform. And every platform is now Google. So I can search for anything, whether I'm in YouTube or LinkedIn or TikTok, and it's going to help me find something related to what I'm looking for. So I call it a website because we all sort of understand what a website is. It's this place that lives on the interwebs and people type in words and Google reads the internet or whatever search engine you use. And it's like, hey, these websites match what you've looked at. Now that's obviously an oversimplification, but you yeah. get the basics, right? 100%. So the same thing happens when people come to your website. And honestly, the last place I'm going to go personally is your website because I know what to expect on your website. It's going to be curated. It's going to be everything you want me to, you know, hear. That's all the, you know, all the marketing speak and all of that. When I go to your socials, I want to stalk till I drop. <laughs> and I don't want to go to your website because I'm lazy and I'm watching TV while I'm on there. And I want to click through your stories and maybe I want to look at the titles on your reels and maybe I'm going to go through and I'm going to look at your highlights because highlights are the web pages on your website. Mm. 
Mm. And if they don't go to my website, I want them to be able to deep dive and have content and contacts about who I am, what I do and how I can help them. You could have testimonials on there. You could have tips. Um, you could have, you know, just human interest stuff. And also not only are they web pages on your website, they are places for you to have your greatest hits. Because after a while, you're going to create a lot of content, especially stories. And if people ask me about something over and over again, which the funny thing is they asked me about shows to watch on TV. I guess, I don't know why that did. So I finally was like, oh my gosh, okay. I will make a highlight so that y'all have a place to go. Mm. And it's just there and lives there. So it serves multiple purposes. But I think the main idea that I think of is these are web pages on your website and they may never go to your actual website or they may go after a while and they have already felt like they have fulfilled their stock and they're like, okay, I've lurked, I've stocked, I've looked at people were connecting and who they're following and I've looked at their stories and oh my gosh, and now I'm going to go to the website and maybe now I'll fill out the form. So I think of them as, as actual functional things that people can deep dive a little bit more, especially if they never had a website. And there are many people like me who are in business for many years and don't have a website. Okay. It's expensive. I paid a lot of money for a website and this can function as your website. So it could also be for somebody who's like, I just don't have a website yet, or maybe I'm new to the industry. This can function as your website. And so it's definitely, that's my perspective of how I look at the profiles on different socials. So you, what's your current rhythm? You know, we're coming up on the hour here already. I mean, what's the current rhythm that you are kind of like performing, right? And not going mentally crazy around. Yeah. So I talk to people every day. I spend the most amount of time in my DMs. I spend um, the most amount of time creating content and stories. Why? One, because I love it and it brings me joy. And I am all about whatever brings you joy. I don't love making posts in the feed. Um, so I lean in to what brings me joy. And also um, it's faster for me because I don't have to create a graphic. I don't have to think about a caption. I don't have to edit anything. So I love stories. And so I spend the most amount of my time there. I post stories every single day. And then I post twice a week to the main feed. And I try to mix it up. I'll usually do a reel and then I'll do a, a carousel post with some sort of like tip and it's like a text-based graphic. And then sometimes I just do old-fashioned pictures and, you know, storytell in that caption. So um, that's my cadence is twice a week in the feed. And, you know, for years and years, it was once, once a week in the feed. And that's okay because you can still create incredible relationships and still create an incredible business um, by having relationships with people in the direct messages and supporting them. Um, you don't have to always be making content. And like at the end of the day, the, the um, platforms, they don't need your content. They just need something that you are keeping people or bringing people back to the platform. That's what they need. Yeah. And so if you make something that people sit there and watch for 30 seconds, that counts. And if you make something that makes somebody come and get a notification and they get a, a message and, oh, it was a nice message and, and it brightened their day too. Great. They like that too. Mm -hmm. So your content doesn't have to be like this huge thing that you're posting. And I would rather have people not post than post something because they feel like they have to. 
Right. Because invariably you start to resent it and you're like, oh, I have to post something. I don't care. Just go here and pull a template and post it. And I know people aren't going to engage with it anyway. See, I told you I posted it and nobody engaged. And so it becomes yeah. this cycle of like resentment. Um, and so that's nobody wants to be there. <laughs> I I mean, my journey is just I'm just beginning with this. And I know I actually get off platform messages more on a lot of my content than on sometimes because people are like Darren I I meant to say something and just because they were scrolling they were just in the moment like you said they were watching TV while watching your content and then they'll drop me another message they'll shoot me that email I saw the video and you just don't right you just don't know and, it, and it's certainly not just about those metrics of course like you said on platform it's neat that they it again it, it's it's a vehicle it's the vehicle as you said mm -hmm. to kind of like get there um one last thing for you. So, I mean, we could go down a zillion rabbit holes because you're so experienced in this. There are some people that feel like, I mean, they've been kind of working towards mastery within these platforms and they're doing the videos. They're great and get stuff. They're in the rhythm. If somebody feels like at their level nine or 10, you know, and how do they push to that like 10 plus? Like, is there is there like that expert set of techniques that you've found where people are like, I'm pretty good on this but I'm, I'm trying to ring it out a little more where you would supercharge it. Anything come to mind with that right now with present, what are we, May 2023 opportunities? When I think of people that I personally know that I think are just killing it, right? They're just feeling good about the, you know, I've got the camera comfort and confidence and I'm consistent and I feel comfortable on this platform and I really know my message and not only do I know my message, but I am I am communicating it in a way that is compelling, that right. is giving you my personality. So like, let's say that's like a nine, right? Yeah. And, and then maybe the next step, and this might be different for everyone, depending on what your goals are, maybe your next step is maybe it's time if you are at that level, maybe it's time to find somebody to help you with the back end. Maybe it's time to find a virtual assistant. Or maybe it's time to outsource. I just hired a videographer for YouTube videos because I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> I don't want to edit. And I've been in this game for a long time making videos for years. And so maybe that's where you want to find that up level where you have processes and systems, or I should say more processes and systems and help with doing that because you've got to do the thing, right? You don't have to do the editing. You don't even have to do the scripting. You don't even have to put any of this up, but you've got to do the thing. So at some level to expand, if you want to do that, it is thinking about where is my time best spent? What can I do that only really I can do? And that's the hard part because, you know, we all think we can do everything better than anyone else, but you have to be really, really thoughtful. But really, do I have to do that? No, you have to give me your voice and you have to be in the video. That's about it. That's about all you really have to do. And then somebody else can help you with that. So a lot of people, when they've hit a specific level, will talk about how do I expand? How do I optimize my brand? How do I create more content out of one thing? So yeah. that again, I can sit down, I can be the person there. And then I have someone who I've outsourced to that can help me clip these things up, put them on other platforms, uh, take the video that I'm doing with this podcast and put it on a YouTube. Um, and so that's usually where a lot of people go. 
Yeah. And I love how you say that we're talking about the nine and a half to 10 person that a lot of people think content. And they think what you just said is required of us. And it's so not like there's so many rungs up the ladder before you need to consider those things. And you're not the first person with 60 thousand followers to tell me that we're just starting to, you know, stop editing this. And I'm actually outsourcing that. And I wish that message would ring through to, you know, the agents with 500, you know, people following them to say, you just got to go do that and learn that. And then you're in a position to easily translate that skill. And, and, and you know what you're supposed to be doing. And you know what you can get that VA to do because you've been there, done that, and you've learned what's compelling, like you said, or you've learned, you know, what's worked so far rather than coming from a place of, I don't know, I'm just, I thought I had to do this today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chelsea, we have been a full hour already. Oh, that was so fast. I know. It's been awesome getting to know you more and again, having you here because I know you've got a very busy schedule and I really look forward to like getting to to learn more and following your journey and, and just continuing to watch your incredible rise and the people that you're supporting. Um, Where do most people and where should they connect you and what do you have going on right now that we should, you know, uh, kind of bring some light to? for asking. I would love if you are listening to this, drop me a message on Instagram. It's the best place to connect with me. Yes, you can find me on all the other socials, but Instagram is where I hang out the most. Feel free to send me a message and say, hey, I came from the show. Just listen to you. I'd love to say hello. I have a whole bunch of free trainings as well on my profile. So if you are a little bit newer to Insta, um, there's free classes, free downloads, and I also have a, what's called real estate school, R-E-E-L. So it's all about how to create real estate reels or reels for the real estate human. You can grab that course there as well. And also I am offering live coaching sessions every quarter. All of that stuff is on my Insta. You can always send me a DM and that's the best place to connect with me. Amazing. I will go to town on the show notes and get all of that stuff in there as well for you. So um, again, with that, I mean, it's just been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, that's been another re-education experience podcast. Thank you, everybody who continues to play along and, and, and choose me to listen to and bring on with these guests. Uh, if you do, like screenshot this, like, take a picture when it's on your podcast player, tag Chelsea, tag myself. We would love more, nothing more than to, to know that some of this is being uh, consumed. And then, of course, share to the people that you know could use this message because, again, we're all in this together. So um, that's it. And I'll catch you guys next time.